Hogan, Breitbart Star, Eli Manning, Johnny Davidas, Clan Marino, Soy Aikman, Owen and Romo, Chucky Carlson, Keith Bannon, Rush Lambeau, Pence Lombardi, Johnny Cunitis, <laughs> Aaron Rodgers, Kurt D. Warmer, and Karen Rogers. <laughs> so the pack the pack was smoking. Like somebody tweeted out Aaron Rodgers looks like he steals Cadillac murders, which he does. That's sick, man. I don't know if you're gonna make it, man. <laughs> and a dude yeah. to your house with a baseball bat. <laughs> yeah, what's good, your boys? I'll be here next week. This is KTSC Live. Um, I have started my journey as a degenerate gambler. Um, we'll get into that. I'm currently watching the Bills game as we're recording against Josh Allen. Just do another bomb. Oh, my eggs are done. Hold on one second. Always cooking something, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> like, he chooses, like, all right, hey, what time are we gonna record? I don't know, at dinner time, what I'm cooking. Let me go and whip up this rice and peas or something. <laughs> nah, man, I got this new egg. Like, if you don't have, if you eat a lot of hard boiled eggs, get one of those egg steamer things. They're, they're actually pretty cool. So, anywho, uh, you got uh, Marcus and Tech here. What's good, y'all? Hey, man, I'm just. Enjoying all these uh, pack watches going up. Like a lot of people are getting packed up this weekend. And it's it's great to see. I'm loving it. Man, these are some big time games. And I will say the game yesterday that was in the frigid temperatures, nasty looking feel. Marcus, I definitely agree with you. Like put a dome over that crap. I, I want I like to see offensive showcases, not mud ball, no touchdowns being thrown by the GOAT, things like that. Like, I, I don't want to see that. I, I want to see you air it out, big-time touchdown, speed, offense. That's good football. Facts. Nobody wants to watch football when it's, like, two degrees outside. And you're not getting, you're not seeing the best of the best play at their best ability. And at that point, when weather becomes a factor, you're not really uh, – you're not getting a true determination of who the better team was, in my opinion. That's why I'm I'm a proponent of have all these teams play in a dome uh, with a roof. If it's a uh, if it's a nice day outside, open the roof. If it's cold, if it's windy, if it's raining, close the roof. Football is one of the few sports that lets weather determine like what team is going to have an advantage or not, and it shouldn't be that way. Well, it should never be a disadvantage when you're the greatest quarterback of all time and Aaron Rodgers is probably going to win the second MVP and falls short again of his elusive second Super Bowl title, even though he is apparently the greatest quarterback to ever touch grass, which is crazy that that offense only scores seven points. Now, I do get the, the sentiment that, yeah, play inside, I think maybe back in like yesteryear when they didn't pass the ball 50 times a game, like those elements could be advantageous to a team that knows they could they could get that get that advantage, but in this era where people pass the ball all over the field, like that's you're you're hurting yourself when you're in Green Bay. It's like you kind of wish not to have home field advantage for a team like Green Bay that still plays outside, because them dudes look cold too. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like everybody look cold. So yeah, it's just it's just not a good. It's not the best product. You know what I'm saying? Like nobody wants. Nobody wants to watch a basketball game played outside uh, when it's windy or rainy outside. Nobody wants to watch a baseball game when it's raining outside. 
Nobody wants to watch soccer or any other sport when it's when the elements are involved. The elements should not be involved. The elements aren't involved when it comes to the Super Bowl. So why should they be involved in playoff games or even regular season games for that matter? Like that shouldn't be a factor in these games anymore. Well, I'm just I'm just confused. Like it's it's gonna be tough for Aaron Rodgers. Like he he really can't, you know, his family doesn't like him. I don't know if he's single or not, but these are dark times for Mr. Rogers. So especially in his mentions, like I this has been like one of the more fun, creative weekends for pack watches that have gone up. Uh, as you, if you're watching on YouTube, you can see my profile picture is Aaron Rodgers getting packed up like Ricky and uh, or Menace Society. Uh, I, I discovered that there is a, uh, a list now of Aaron Rodgers names. Uh, we'll go down that list. You have uh, Curon. Rogers, QAnon, Rogers, Throw Rogan, Breitbart Star, Eli Manning, Johnny Dividus, Clan Marino, Soy Aikman, Owen and Romo, Chucky Carlson, Keith Bannon, Rush Lambeau, Pence Lombardi, Johnny Cunitis, <laughs> Aaron Rodgers, Kurt D. Warmer, and Karen Rogers. <laughs> so the pack, the pack was smoking. Like somebody tweeted out, Aaron Rodgers looks like he steals Cadillac murders. Which he does, but yeah, man, that that's your man. It's gonna be crazy seeing him up on the, the stage with forty five in about two or so years when he is the president again. Uh, that's gonna be a, a wild look for him. But you know, that's y'all's man. The man is a uh, quote unquote being silenced, even though we hear from him more than any other like player in the NFL. But you know, white people want to be oppressed so bad it, it hurts my soul. But you know, he's God bless Pat, him. He's on Pat McAfee's podcast every week. For like an hour and a half every week, just saying whatever he wants to say. Like, how is he being silenced? He took he speaks to the media after every practice, after every game, before the game. Like, I hear Aaron Rodgers talk a lot for someone who's being silenced. Like, yes, he doesn't. Good, they don't understand what like being silenced is. Yes, good good correction, King Quest in the chat. Yes, I got confused with my hood movies. Uh, that is Ricky from Boys in the Hood. I'm not gonna lie, I wasn't a big fan of Boys in the Hood. That's that's probably my least go-to hood movie. If we're, if we're really, yeah, I think I've seen it like one time. I'm more of a menace to society guy. I, I'm more of uh, I have to say Friday, but I, I haven't watched that in quite. That's a, a completely time. different type of hood movie, though. But it's still a I, hood movie, though. I know. You know what's crazy? Menace Society came on the other day. And I'm going to admit, it, it's been a while since I've seen it. I did not know, spoiler alert, that Kane's cousin died, like, for the longest time. I thought that Kane's cousin, like, came back because it was, like, another light-skinned dude, too. And for some reason, I thought that that's who ended up smoking Kane because he, like, came back out of the hospital. He dissed him, and then they came and did the drive-by in the end. And then, like, now that I've watched it, like, a few years ago as an adult, I was like, oh, okay, that's the girl that he had hooked up with at the park and dumped, that's her cousin. And it, like, I, I was like, what kind of, I don't know what weird movie fantasy land I was trapped in, in the metaverse. But yeah, I definitely had that movie all wrong. But yeah, that, Menace Society is a really good movie. I like Boys in the Hood too, though. Yeah, let me uh, push my uh, Lorenz Tate agenda. Again, Lorenz Tate is a better actor than Will Smith. Like, Will Smith could not be Odog, not even close. Like you put Will Smith in any like serious movie, and it, it immediately goes from rated R to PG thirteen, and then becomes a comedy. 
Like that's essentially what Wild Wild West was. Like if you if you didn't know, he was supposed to be or was offered the role in Django as Jamie Foxx. Again, that movie immediately becomes PG thirteen. It becomes Wild Wild West Part Two. Like nobody wants to see that. Like he was also supposed to be the lead in the Matrix. Again, goes from a rated R movie to a PG thirteen movie with it turns into Independence Day three or whatever. You know what I'm saying? Like it, it's not he just changed the vibe of, of movies just because of like just who he is. Like he, he's just not I don't think that's something that's in him. Like in You him. don't think I being think a serious like, actor is really in yeah. his bag. I get it. Yeah, yeah, it's it's it is what it is. So but because even yeah. with like I always go to concussion. And I know I don't know if you guys have seen it or not, but it's Absolutely like not. it's it's Will Smith parading around as an African, and it's disrespectful because his accent is so bad. <laughs> it's like you should have just had him be his normal voice. Like, why are you trying to be an African? He cannot pull it off. Uh, Pursuit of Happiness. It's a great movie, great concept, but I feel like you could have chose a lot of different actors that could have really pulled it off. Uh, Ali, he was he was not good in it at all. Uh, Lorenz Tate, I believe we have some sort of height discrimination against him, but he's easily a better actor than 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 Will Smith. I think yeah. the, there's a there's a documentary series on uh, Disney Plus that Will Smith is on. Uh, I, I'm trying to think of what the name is called. Uh, I can't. I, I'm trying to find. Is it I Am Human or something like that? I, I know what you're no, talking. About. Yeah, but it's, it's on Disney Plus. It's like a one of the nature documentaries and. When Will Smith, <clears throat> wow! When Will Smith is being Will Smith and he's being just himself, I think that's when he's at his best. When he's just Earth is what it's called. My bad. Yeah, Earth. When he's Earth. Real, out there asking questions, being like curious and a natural. He's a naturally funny guy. Like he's he's good as Will Smith. That's his best role is being himself. When he tries to be other people, is where he tends to run into problems. And at as someone that watches a lot of nature shows, I would recommend that show. It's pretty good. It was like very well done, very well shot, a lot of cool stuff going on there. So if you want to see Will Smith at his best, uh, I would watch that. Yes. I, I don't know how we uh, degenerated into a, uh, a Will Smith talk, but oh, we needed that. Yes. All right. So back to the, the lecture at hand. With the playoff packs going up, the Rodgers pack wasn't the only one that went up. Uh, the Tom Brady pack went up, and they looked terrible and overmatched against the Rams today. But lucky for us as watchers, neither team seemed like they wanted to win the game, especially the Rams. The Rams literally did everything in their power to the point where all of Twitter believed the <laughs> NFL was rigged because of how the game went. And again, I talked about this last week on episode, I believe, 88 about Falcons Twitter when it comes to, you know, keeping up with games while watching Twitter because, you know, I'm a Twitter addict. That's that's what I do. But again, somebody tweeted out uh, the homie uh, Chris Cuddy. He tweeted out that Falcons fans make everything about them when it comes to football. Like it is insane the amount of mental gymnastics Falcons fans will do to bring any other football discussion to Matt Ryan or Thomas Dimitrov or just there's anything they can to be miserable. Like there's a whole nother game. on. Like the Falcons have been gone for weeks or whatever. So uh, the thing that agitated them today per usual, which is on their own is the 
Buccaneers were down like 27 to 3. And we all knew it was coming. This is nothing new. This is part this is part of the, the life we live now as a Falcons fan or supporter. Anytime any team is down multiple scores and the team that's down is down by three, and it's anything relatively close to number 28, you know somebody's gonna mention it. But I didn't have a problem with it because it was completely relevant. Right? As we saw late in the game, as they came back, it was relevant. They're like, oh, they're making 23, 28 to 3 shows. Oh, they keep saying 28 to 3. Yeah, it's part of history. It happened. There's nothing y'all can do about it. It it, it It's part of the, the fabric of football now. And they almost came back. So it was a perfect reference. It wasn't out of pocket or anything like Falcons fans, again, making it about themselves and wanted to be that. But it was 100% within bounds. Like, it fit exactly like, yo, you're going to the, the half down 27 to 3. You have a quarterback that was on a team that was down 23, and they came back and won, which they almost did today. But um, I think they're, I think they missed some kicks early in the game. It was, it was a lot going on. It was a very entertaining game. But definitely early in the game, I was about to cut it off. But I'm glad I didn't because I probably would have missed one of the best games of the year. So um, now the speculation is whether or not Brady is going to come back. Uh, they said that to sit down with him, he was, you know, mulling the idea of possibly retiring. You know, he said he kind of wanted to go out on top, which he should have done last year. But, you know, it's, it's kind of up in the air right now. And then also, too, with the potential of hopefully Byron Leftwich getting a head coaching job, that might not be something he wants to deal with as far as getting a new OC, even though they probably run whatever Tom wants to run, right? But it'll definitely be interesting. Um, selfishly, uh, I'll do the Falcons thing as a Falcons supporter. I hope he comes back and then falls off because that's the only chance we have in making the playoffs next year is if we can win the division because Sean Payton's talking about possibly retiring too. So if we can get washed Tom Brady and no Sean Payton in New Orleans. Like I said, that will be the only chance, the only chance the Falcons have of making the playoffs. Tom Brady has – uh, one, two, three. He has three years left on his contract, like at eight million dollars a year. Oh, hang on, am I reading this right? Yeah, he's got three years left on his contract. I think what's happening right now is just uh propaganda for uh him to make a, a grand return. Like, I feel like they're just doing this whole oh, Tom Brady's thinking about retiring, should he hang it up? People think he's washed and all this, you know, making up uh, uh. But doubters and non-believers in him like <clears throat> Tom Brady's won seven Super Bowls like nobody doesn't believe in Tom Brady like there's no real doubters and haters out there like he's done everything there is to do so I think that's all this is it's just propaganda for him to come back for another year um I feel like it would have been better for him to retire last year because like at that point at that point you proved everything that you needed to prove you won, exactly. you won, you won six Super Bowls in New England you've set all of the passing records, touchdown records, wins records, playoff wins, playoff yards, playoff touchdowns. And then you go to another team and in your first year uh, do something that it took Aaron Rodgers 17 years to do. You do it in one year. So it's like, what else do you need to prove? Why are you still in? And, and, and I guess that's what makes uh, uh, professional athletes and people that are at a high level, that's what keeps them at that level, that type of mindset mindset and mentality to be like, all right, I'm just going to keep going. I'm going to keep uh, trying to be better. I'm going to keep trying to push myself and all this stuff. But at, at some point, 
go be a family man, dog. Like, <laughs> go, you know, hang out with your family. Like, be a husband. Do find some other, find something else to do. Stop selling your soul to the devil because that's clearly what you're doing. Because this is ridiculous. Yeah, I'm so. I mean, at this point, he's done everything that you can do. He's closed the debate on who's the who's the greatest of all time. Um, and to me, because before he left the Patriots, it was questions of, hey, well, can he win without Belichick? You were able to do it. You did it at home for the first time ever, winning the Super Bowl at home. Um, you broke all kind of records. Even this year, even though you didn't win a Super Bowl, you have the passing you have the passing yards, and like you said, I think the passing touchdowns as well. I mean, just let it go. What else do you have to prove, man? Like, do you do you want CTE that bad? I mean, I, I, I don't know. Um, if you win eight, that's perfect. But I mean, it, there's nothing that Tom Brady can do to solidify his argument anymore. At this point, you can't say he's he. You can't say that. Okay, well, Peyton Man is the greatest regular season quarterback of all time. Hey, he has the accolades for that. He has the greatest playoff performances of all time, most comebacks. He's done it all. He's done it in two separate conferences um, over a 20-year stretch. He's the greatest of all time, man. Just just go out. Uh, have fun with Giselle. Have fun with your kids. Continue to live that vegan lifestyle and be a Republican or whatever you do in your spare time. And just hang it up. It's, it's about that time. Like I'm ready to see these young guns out here like we're watching right now, you know, slang that thing, pause. And uh, and really, I want I want to see what's next for the NFL. Like I, I want to see Big Ben, your Matt Ryan, your Tom Brady, who Aaron Rodgers. Even I, I'm ready for these guys to hang it up so we can really have that next phase of great quarterbacks come in and see what they have. Like I, I was so glad that Big Ben retired, but honestly, Big Ben retired too late. Like he was gassed. He was not the same guy. Like, and to me, after a while, it does hurt your legacy. I'm just hanging on like that, but definitely glad to, to, that he didn't win another title. I mean, it's weird because I, I respect the man, but that doesn't mean I have to cheer for him or the Bucks. So I'm definitely glad that they're not going to be in the Super Bowl mix again. I do like parody when it comes to the NFL and the NBA on occasion, I mean, having dynasties cool, but sometimes it feels good. Like this year, uh, believe it or not, I actually hope Buffalo does win this game, and I hope Buffalo wins the title. I remember being a kid. They went to four straight. They lost four straight, which is a record that they have to live with forever. We were there for the uh, Music City Miracle where they were cheated by the Titans, and all those years with those bum coaches year after year after year, now you guys finally got the thing rolling in the right direction. I'm ready to see a new champion. Yeah, uh, Ben Roethlisberger's arm retired three years ago. Like, I don't know why <laughs> Big Ben was out here still trying to play, but, like, his arm was already in a retirement home. Same with, like, Phillip Rivers from last year and a lot of these other uh, older quarterbacks. Like, I think Matt Ryan's arm is going to retire this offseason, so we'll see how he looks next year. But and, and even speaking on the whole, like, 28-3 to thing, it was the it was the largest blown lead in playoff history. So, like today, when a team is up twenty to three, once that lead starts to get smaller, like they're going to bring it up because they're going to say, like, "Hey, if the Bucks win this game, this is the second largest you know come from behind win since 
Super Bowl, whatever it was, 51 or whatever, 28 to 3. Like, it, it's going to happen. So, I mean, to the, this weekend has been a weekend for, like, every like everybody got packed up. Like, there was – nobody was safe. Like, Aaron Rodgers has multiple MVPs, a Super Bowl, a Super Bowl MVP. Uh, Tom Brady has seven Super Bowls uh, and multiple MVPs. Uh, Big Ben, same thing. Uh, the, like, well, the Titans don't have shit, but everybody got packed up. Like – it, when you lose, it's your time, and you just have to you just have to eat it for that weekend. And I mean, it is what it is. Like I had to I had to suck it up uh, week uh, eighteen when my Colts lost to the Jaguars and got knocked out of the playoffs. I had to eat that uh, when the Patriots lost in the playoffs. KJ had to eat that uh, <laughs> with the Titans losing. Like the Titans had the number one overall seed, had a bye, playing at home, and lost and got packed up. Uh, El Breezy and Eight Ball got to eat that. You know what I'm saying? Like it is what it is. Like Los almost had to eat this, uh, eat a log from Tom Brady, but he did. He survived the pack watch. He sur- he survives another week. So it is what it is. Like well, take, take I didn't even, along. <laughs> I didn't even bring up the, the, the Titans pack watch, which again doesn't. Well, apparently all the Falcons fans do because they were so excited to see Julio Jones not make make it far in the playoffs. To the point where, like, it, this fan base has a real loser mentality. That's what it boils down to. Like, somebody pretty much was saying that Julio should have stayed in Atlanta to be a loser rather than going to the Titans, who clearly have a better team, a stronger arm quarterback, and they don't have to rely on Julio for any type of success, which they didn't have to because he was hurt most of the year, but they still were the first, you know, the overall seed in the AFC. They said Julio should have stayed in Atlanta and been a loser versus getting an extra game check in the playoffs. I'm like, fam, he's gone. And then the other narrative is like, oh, Atlanta won the trade. Fam, Julio did not want to be there. Like, y'all obliged him. Y'all did what he wanted. There was there was really no win in that situation because whatever pick we get in the second round, I think, a late second rounder or a mid-second rounder, it's not going to be Julio Jones or anything close to the production that he provided or even like just the threat of him being out there provided. So it's, it's very annoying. Like there's a lot of bitter fans that just don't let anything go. And it's just like, come on, man. Like, well, I mean, I was, I was told that y'all don't talk about uh, former Falcons players. That's what I was told. I we didn't talk that. about Devondre Campbell, who was on the Green Bay Packers at all. You know, it's, it's just, yeah. You know, they're like, oh, it's just fun. It's like, no, you're you're dying inside when you make these tweets. Like, you're really hurting as you tweet out, oh, Julio, ha, 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 LOL. Like, all right, man. Like, get a life. I seen a tweet earlier from, I want to say it's Josh. Is that is that it? The only JJ something something? Yes, that is yeah. Josh. He said something. It was it was so out of control. I should have I should have saved it. I don't know where it popped up. But I was just like, wow, man, you why be so bitter? Like, look, I understand that I'm a Jaguars fan. There's a, a split in the fan base about Jalen Ramsey. To me, honestly, look, we had the dude. He was great for us. You know, at the end of the day, somebody told him he needs to sit the F down. He felt disrespected. He wanted to get up out of there. Years later, we're still losing fran- uh, franchise. He didn't want to be here anymore. I'm not mad at the guy. You know, I don't. I still have this jersey in my closet. I didn't burn it. It just is what it is. Like you have to understand that it's it's a business, you know. And at the end of the day, when he retires, 
and y'all put him into y'all's ring of honor and he becomes a hall of famer. Um, y'all are going to accept those accolades and you'll accept him back with open arms. So it's like, wow, this hostility, you know, at the end of the day, I don't blame a guy that doesn't want to sit through a rebuild. Like, When's the last time you've been to the playoffs? It's been three years, right? Or four or something like that? Uh, since uh, 20, <clears throat> since the Super Bowl, so 2016, 2017 season. Uh, no, we went 2018 with uh, 2017, 2018, I believe, Steve Sarkeesian. And we they ran the infamous play, throwing it to the fullback in the end zone or something. Like, it was a terrible like, play sequence. But, yeah, I think that was the last time. So, so it's been a few years. Like, at the end of the day – this guy's at the end of his run. He realizes it. If he wants a chance to compete, I, I don't fault a guy for that at the end of the day. You know, just let it go. I mean, it's just weird behavior. And and one thing that was kind of um that was bothering me about the uh about the football conversation. Like I'm I'm cool with, you know, cracking jokes, uh making fun of people, but I feel like it just some things maybe got a little personal and People are just like, hey, if you don't win a suit, like me and um, the homie uh, Optimist uh, on Twitter, uh, he's a, a manga artist that has a, his own comic book out called The Dark Vulcan, which you guys should yeah. check out. And me and him were having a conversation about this where he was saying, like, you know, if your team doesn't win the Super Bowl, you're a loser. And it's just like, People can't, you can't live life like that. That's a hard way to live your life where it's just like, hey, if I'm not number one and the best at all times, at all times, then what I have done or what I have accomplished is nothing, is meaningless. I'm just a loser. Like, if you talk to Bengals fans, I feel like if you ask them, hey, you guys are in the playoffs, is this a successful season? I feel like most Bengals fans would tell you, yeah, this was a successful season. This is, this is, even, even without them winning any games, this was a successful season for them. And I think it's more so about expectations. Like if you're a Packers fan and you lose in the first round, this season was a failure because you had higher expectations. I don't think Bengals fans planned on getting to the AFC championship game. I don't even know if they had plans on getting to the playoffs. Like I feel like the Bengals are ahead of schedule. But I also like I think we just have to we, we have to separate sports from real life. You know what I'm saying? Like we can't go around calling, having this mentality where we call people losers. Like, first off, if you make it to the NFL, you're not a loser. If you're playing on an NFL roster, contributing to a team, you're not a loser because it takes a lot to get to that point. And I was telling him, I was like, Hey, you know, you make your own comic book. You have your own comic book. You have your own anime comic you know, but right now it's not number one. It's not the number one comic book in the world. So does that make you a loser? And he essentially was like, yep. I'm like, all right, well, man. I mean, that's, that's, you that's, the mental, that's the mental gymnastics Falcons fans do to ride with their bad takes. Like they, and I say this all the time with a lot of sports Twitter people and analysts or whatever, like it's okay to be wrong. Like you making your own manga is a great accomplishment, whether it's number one or not. Like, I would never consider myself a loser for doing something that you probably always want to do and that you're good at. But because it's Julio Jones and he wanted to go to a team that had a better chance of uh, having a better chance of getting to the playoffs, which they did, that he's a loser. And my my other thought with that is <clears throat> the, the joke that was going around was like, oh, well, Julio Jones wanted to go to a quarterback with a stronger arm 
or whatever, or a better quarterback. So my thought is like, okay, so how do those gymnastics work had he signed with the Packers? Because Aaron Rodgers is 1,000% a better quarterback and 1,000% has a better arm, and they had a first-round buy, and they went out too. So, like, what lie do you spin your head at that point? Because it's always something. You know what I'm saying? Like, it, it always has to be something. You can't just watch a game and enjoy it for what it is. It's just like, we always have to be miserable, or y'all always have to be miserable, and then I have to mute you on Twitter because I don't have time for that shit. So. Well, nobody's, nobody's wrong on Twitter. Everybody's right. So, I mean, it is what it is, but I, I just can't. I'm not going to live my life in that in that type of headspace. And, and maybe that's something I feel like you can make an argument for for if you're someone that does live that way. It's like, well, if you don't think that way, then you're not going to make it to that to the number one spot. And if that's the way you feel like you have to think to get to your goal, then more power to you. But it's you have to celebrate the little things like you have to celebrate your team, um, you know, winning not like having a winning record or getting to the playoffs or having uh developmental pieces. Like if I'm a, if I'm a Jaguars fan, like obviously I wouldn't want to have the number one overall pick again, but you can look and see like Trevor Lawrence had showed some growth, showed some uh, flashes where it's just like, okay, I think we're good at quarterback or, or with the Falcons where it's like, Hey, you know, our team wasn't great, but Kyle Pitts is a, he's going to be a great player. Uh, AJ Terrell had a, a breakout year. You know, there's little things that you can look at and say, like, "Hey, these are small. These are small successes that we can stack on top of each other, and hopefully that leads us to our ultimate goal." But to just throw away the entire season, just be like, "Hey, 31 teams. 31 teams are now losers." Like, that's just a. Uh, that's not a way that I would want to live my life, and that's not the way I'd want. Like, that's not the kind of world I'd want. Like my kids to come up in it with that type of thinking. Yeah, it's it's ridiculous. So what she's telling me is you would rather watch the Falcons after they lose. You'd rather watch the Falcons have a losing season rather than watch them be good all season and go into the playoffs and lose. Like it like it doesn't make any sense. Like, it, but again, it's it's the whole gaslighting thing. Like once one person agrees with you and they retweet you, then they're automatically right. Your take is automatically right. And yeah, it's it's corny, man. It's a bunch of bozo behavior, bunch of loser behavior. And it is what it is. I'm, I'm done talking about those uh, those folks. But kind of sticking with football, uh, the Super Bowl halftime show for shit, 99% of the population seems like it's going to be a, a great thing, with the exception of one gentleman from uh, Minnesota, right? Uh, I got to pull up the tweet. I do not know it is. But anywho, long and the short is this gentleman, it is. Uh, Logan, the Nathan Nightstand at Layton NBA, Marine veteran, writes stuff for Canis Hoopus, passwords at some blog, I don't care. He's from Minnesota, right? He tweeted out, I'm not the only one that's kind of ready to be a little underwhelmed by all of these past their prime, minus Kendrick, rappers performing the halftime show. I, I, I'm, I'm, I am confusion. I am confused. I mean, does he want to hear like uh, future or like like NBA young boy? Like, who does he want to hear at the Super Bowl party? Like, Super Bowl halftime show. That's because uh, you got to understand. It's like the halftime show is like what thirty to forty five minutes long. Yeah, you have to have hits that, that the average person is going to know and can at least like and. 
you'd be surprised how many artists would have a hard time um, pulling out or having a, a Super Bowl halftime show. Like, it's not as easy as you would think it is. Uh, I know I watched a uh, documentary about Lady Gaga, and it was they they had a little point in the in the show when they were talking about all the things that she had to go through just to get to the Super Bowl, just to get chosen to be the halftime show for the the Super Bowl. And this is this is like Lady Gaga at her peak. Like there was a there was a chance that she wasn't going to get it. Like someone else was going to get it. And it's just like that's kind of what the standard is. Where it's like Oh, we we have to we have to vet Lady Gaga, someone with a million hits and a million record sales, and she's on the fence or she's you know on the on the chopping block of, of not getting selected. Like, and you and you want to? I'm not trying to like limit it to rappers, but it's like, and now you want to just leave it to just okay, we're only picking from a group of rappers that get to do this halftime show. Like, think of all your favorite rappers and think about how many of their best songs are suitable for TV. It, it's going to be tough. Yeah, and I, I guarantee, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to follow this tweet. So I guarantee as soon as that shit starts, he's going to be like, oh, I love this song. This is my childhood. Oh, Eminem. We have discussion about Eminem. Is... Ka, 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 ka. So since 2008, let's start 2008. You have Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers. Yikes. Right? Bruce Springsteen and the East Street Yikes. Band. I'm pretty sure they are past their prime. Yikes. The fucking who, Ugh. the who? who, exactly. I can name one of those songs, but it is what it is. The Black Eyed Peas, Usher, and Slash, because you got you got to slide in your uh, your rock and roll guitar guy in there. Uh, Madonna with guests CeeLo Green, LMFAO, MIA, Nicki Minaj, 2013, Beyonce with Destiny's Child, 2014, Bruno Mars, but we couldn't go we couldn't go full R and B hip hop vibes. So we had to bring the Red Hot Chili Peppers. 2015, Katy Perry with guests Missy Elliott and Lenny Kravitz. Got to get the guitar in there at any cost. 2016, Coldplay with guests Beyonce and Bruno Mars. Because again, you know, you got to slide in. You got to have some guitars in there. Slide a little hip hop for the people. Because nobody's trying to see Coldplay if you want to talk about people being past, past their prime. 2017, Lady Gaga. 2018, Justin Timberlake. That, that one's strange to me. I need to see if he had an album now, but like, who in 2018 was asking for a Justin Timberlake Super Bowl halftime performance? Like that's that baffles me. 2019 as well, Maroon Five with Travis Scott and Big Boy. Like shout out for Big Boy for getting on the, the big stage, but like in 2019, who's who was begging for a Maroon Five halftime show? Like that's 2020, same thing. Jennifer Lopez, Cura. Yes, uh, I will be a misogynist and on mute. That is a great halftime show visually, but like. Who was who asking for that in 2020? In 2021, great artists. I know Marcus is going to talk to talk about this at some point one day, but like The Weeknd. I, I, the Weeknd is something I would have never expected for a halftime show for the Super Bowl. Like it's not something I don't think people would really care about or be checking for. You know what I'm saying? So for, for him to make that comment, it's might be a bit telling for that guy, but I'm going to follow Sweets. I, I definitely guarantee he recasts or he's just going to double down you know it's the shit's probably gonna be fired but you know can't be wrong on twitter well i, I think they're trying to make a, a concerted effort to make the super bowl halftime performers uh, a little bit younger because like you were saying like when you have like the who and bruce springsteen out there like okay like nobody wants to see hits from the 80s and 70s but going from um 
Jennifer Lopez and Shakira, like obviously they're uh, not as relevant musically now, but uh, going from The Weeknd, who was like probably arguably one of the biggest pop stars out right now, and then going to Dr. Dre, Snoop Dogg, Eminem, Kendrick, and Mary J. Blige, like we're talking about hits across multiple generations. Like there's going to be people our age that are just like, yeah, Snoop Dogg, Dr. Dre, Eminem. There's going to be people younger than us that are like, oh yeah, Snoop, Eminem, Kendrick, Mary J. Like there's a, this is a Super Bowl halftime show for everybody. Like everybody is going to have a moment where they're just like, hey, this is my, this is my shit. This is my song. They're each going to have their moment. And I think uh, it was Pratt that tweeted this, that the, uh, the narrative uh, the Twitter narrative surrounding Eminem is going to shift come the Super Bowl, or it, there's a there's a potential for the narrative surrounding Eminem to change up after the Super Bowl halftime show, depending on what songs he performs. So, like, we're talking about like hits from like from the '90s to the 2000s to 2010s to current. Like, there, there's there's no way you can look at that um, roster of performers and say. Yeah, I'm not excited for this. There's, I, I don't. I feel like you're just trolling at that point. That's that's kind of what it sounds like to me. But I'm I'm excited. Like I usually tune out during the halftime show because I'm, as I read the list, a lot of those artists really don't catch my attention. Um, but oh uh, come on, Josh Allen, God dang it! They're being. I mean, I'm 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 excited for it. I mean, you have. Mary J's been cooking since the early 90s. She has a lot of uh, hits from the R&B side. She's even crossed over a little bit. Uh, like you said, Eminem is going to have something for everybody, depending on song selection. Of course, if they do uh, Forgot About Dre, still DRE and some of those, and then you get like the new school with Kendrick in there, he's loaded with hits. Great performer. Uh, Dr. Dre and Snoop doing a show together. I mean... You know, that that's stuff of legend. Snoop Dogg is another person that has crossed over. You know, he's loved on both sides. So, I mean, it, it has the potential to be great. The only thing that I would say that they probably could have added for everybody <laughs> is maybe a guitar from somebody. But, you know, it's not always needed. So it, it'll be a great halftime show. Let me let me ask you this real quick. Uh, um, y'all lucky my, my mic was muted. Josh Allen just did Josh Allen things again. Jeez Louise. This is how we win. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm just yeah. behind, but okay. Well, I was gonna ask, just uh, I guess you guys here, and then everybody that's listening, if if Nate Dogg is still alive, is Mary J. Blige at the halftime show? Because I don't think she is. I don't know. That's kind of hard to say because Mary J. is definitely gonna bring like a different element and a different crowd. I think that he would be added for sure. I, I don't know, but that's hard to say. And then you, I think you never know what Nate Dogg's trajectory was because he only had what, one album, right? He had a whole bunch of features, but. No, yeah, I was about to say, nobody listens to Nate Dogg's solo albums. They listen to him for the hooks and in in his features. Like, that's what he's here for. Well, two, I, I still think they would bring Mary J. Blige because I think she's the one that can. Uh, even if you're not like a Mary J fan, you know her, you know her music. Like everybody knows let's get it crunk up on the floor in the dancery. Like everybody knows that. You hear that in commercials, movies, whatever. So if she does that, people are like, oh, I like that song. You know, bob their head, they'll hang around for a little bit more, you know, viewing wise. So 
I, I think she'll she'll be a a conduit for more casual. I, I feel like everybody knows who Mary J. Blige. They might know who she looks like. They may not be able to name her albums, but I feel like they're aware of her presence. Not like maybe maybe kind of sort of in a Beyonce like way. Not like on the same level internationally, but it's like you know Mary J. I might do a poll. I'm I'm curious. I'm like yo, does does the average person on earth know who Mary J. Blige is? And I, I feel like the answer is yes. They should, because like you said, a lot of her songs have gone on to kind of, in the last five years or so, been a part of commercials, so that kind of gives you access to a whole nother crowd. And then also, with her being a, a, a woman, that's going to keep the women that may want to walk away, you know, they might be like, shoot, I'm going to tune in for Mary Jane's part, whereas without her, you might be like, oh, just a bunch of guys, blah, blah, blah. So I, I think it kind of gives you something for everybody you have. Something for white people, um, something for brown and black people, um, and then you have something for women as well. So it's it's kind of good for everybody. Everybody should enjoy this show. I I think she has to do her uh, her Burger King commercial, her chicken wrap uh, commercial hook that she did. It, like Mary J has to do that. Like do it for the culture. Like if you don't do that, then just don't even come out. No, we can't. Chicken, fresh lettuce. Yeah, you got to do that. The streets need that. We can't be jigging for the chicken. <laughs> okay, okay. So worldwide broadcast. <laughs> well, the Super Bowl is what two weeks away? Two or three? Is it three weeks or two weeks? It's probably three. Are, are they doing a buy this week to it? Then it'd be three. Okay. Either way, it's within a less than a month away. Uh, do we think we're going to get any new Kendrick music before the Super Bowl halftime show? Because. I feel like if he was gonna like, I'm not, I'm not talking about an album, like just a single. Do you think we get a single before then? It would have to be this week, I think. And give it like two weeks to to kind of heat up and be ready for like I, I don't know, man. Like I feel like we got to get something soon, right? Like it it can't just be oh I'm just gonna show up for the Super Bowl, do some old hits, and then be gone. I mean, could he bring out Baby Keem and do Family Ties? He could. No. He can't, he, he can't bring out Baby Keem. Baby Keem is not a good live performer yet. Oh. I, well, I, I think you just – well, I don't know. <laughs> I, mean, it, it, he's, I mean, he's young. Like, it is what it is. Like, he's still young. He's still – like, I don't think uh, – I don't think Lil Baby's a good live performer either. Like, it is what it is. They're still new. They're still, you know, working on their craft or whatever. But, like, you can't you can't bring out Baby Keem for the Super Bowl. Nah. I mean, he might – he might could still do the first – you yeah, know, that's all. he can't bring him out there. Family ties is if I, what's this? Family ties and uh, range ranger brothers, range brothers, range brothers. Uh, I think family ties that 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 track is built for like a Super Bowl performance. That's that that's on. Like, that shit would ring off in the stadium, like. Oh, for sure. For sure. I just something's gotta happen here soon, like with Kendrick. Like we gotta get something. <laughs> Enough with the features like on the you know, the artist that you signs album. Like <laughs> let's let's get oh, out of here. Yeah, somebody ran on the field. What a clown. It's, it's time to, to, to get back into the game. Like let's shake things up. Like I there's a part of me that wants him to drop a single before before the Super Bowl. I just I just don't think it's gonna happen. I think he's gonna wait till afterwards so he can uh 
have his own time. But yeah, what the fuck? Oh my gosh! Yeah. Wow, that's so corny. Yeah, yeah, um, that's corny. Damn, I lost my train of thought. Um, Kendrick Lamar post Super Bowl. Yeah, music like, rap. I feel like now I I don't know if I I feel like the first quarter would be a great time for Kendrick to drop just because there's no one really around. I guess, and, and and I don't know if it would matter if there was anybody big that was gonna drop, but like Drake and Cole and uh, uh, Cordae's already dropped. Uh, Vince is already dropped. So it's just like this is ridiculous. So it's like Kendrick has plenty of space to to do what he needs to do. And uh, oh my god, I'm so scared. I'm not gonna get put in the trunk this weekend. Let's go. <laughs> so yeah, I, I would like to hear some new Kendrick music. God damn, how is he? He's number thirteen. And why is he always open, bro? That pass was so beautiful. My goodness, man. That dude is he's he's fourth to thirteen. Oh, he's shaking bad. Oh my god, ice water. Oh my god. Was that Dave? That was Dave. Oh okay. my god! Yeah, it's too much time though. Bruh, he shut that dude out. Run that shit! Run that shit! Oh my god! Yeah, he cooked that dude. Jeez. And he got the two. There we go. That's pretty nasty. Yeah, these wide receivers are cooking. Josh, Josh Allen is that dude, man. Jeez. And the thing, people were ready to get give up on him before last year. Because his accuracy was terrible. And now look at him. Yeah, and and the other side of Falcons Twitter, which I lean more towards, the whole narrative like, oh, having quarterbacks that are mobile isn't a good thing. Oh, mobile quarterbacks suck. Okay. (laughs) Like, I'm not even going to use, I'm not even invoke Matt Ryan, right? Let's go with Peyton Manning. If the as great as Peyton Manning is, he is limited because he was a statue. If the play breaks down with Josh Allen, you know what Josh Allen's gonna do? Josh Allen's gonna run you over. You know what I'm saying? Hey, if you blitz Josh Allen and you tackle him, you know what he's gonna do? He's gonna stiff arm you and then throw. Or you can even use Mahomes for that matter. Like it's hard to get him down in the pocket. He'll squiggle, wiggle his way out, take steps, move around in the pocket. Throw at awkward angles, complete passes like these guys. When you have that added dimension to your game, it makes you hard to beat. Like it's fourth and thirteen, they had him dead to rights if he's a statue. Exactly. Does a couple twists and turns, big time pass because he has a big arm. You know, you, your statues aren't doing that. They're going down, and it's game over. It's only good to have a statue at quarterback if that statue is Tom Brady. Like, everybody looks to Tom Brady to be like, see, you don't need a mobile quarterback. You don't need a quarterback with a big arm. Yeah, there's only one Tom Brady. Like, they're not making another one of those guys. Or even worse, oh, our quarterback can play until he's 44. We don't need to draft a quarterback. We can keep pushing that, kicking that can down the road. No, there's one of those guys. Yeah, they're, they're, we, we know how he's doing it because he's selling his soul to the devil and eating, like, fetuses <laughs> and stuff like that. But. <gasps> Yeah, like there's there's only one time Brady. Like you're not gonna see a lot of quarterbacks playing at that high of a level at that age. You're not gonna see a lot of 
basketball players playing at the high level that LeBron James is still playing at. Like, there's only a few of these players that are able to do these things. So for other fan bases to say, well, yeah, well, my my guy can do that too. My quarterback can do that too. My favorite basketball player can play like that too. No, they can't. No, they can't. There's only one, you know, LeBron. There's only one Tom Brady. Even when, hold on, hold that thought. What is going on with LeBron and that big patch in the back of his head? Like, I turned into the game the other night against Orlando, tuned in, and I was like, what is going on with his hair now? Like, I thought he had the lace front, and now it's just a big patch in the back of his head that's just bald. And it's like, LeBron, let that that thing go, brother. You don't have that Space Jam budget no more. Hey, babe, hey, it's time to let it go, brother. Like, you're bald now. Join the club. But you're right. I mean, it's only so many athletes like that that are able to perform at such a peak level for so long. And to be honest with you, LeBron is almost, well, he's what, like eight years younger than Brady. And I mean, he's still playing at a really high level. That's not going to be for everybody. Um, Ooh, this game. This game, I tell you. Yeah. Sorry about that. I'm actually finished with uh, my point. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely. Uh, this game is definitely great. Uh, we should have a, a guest here soon, and we'll transition to the whole uh, DMX conversation. If he gets the. Uh, well, I was, gonna, I was also going to just put out there that the. Uh, I feel like the divisional round of the playoffs outside of the Super Bowl is the uh, the best week of the NFL because for the most part, you're getting a lot of the wild card teams that are like the bad teams that just snuck in the playoffs, like, you know, the the Raiders and the Steelers. Like, we're getting those guys out of here in the wild card round, so we don't have to see them. And then you get a lot of the division winners, the uh, the teams that have, like, the best records. And it's like it, the, the games are usually better. They're usually tighter. They're usually more competitive. And I, I feel like it's the, uh, the best week in football. Like – the championship games are cool, but I don't. I don't know. It's something about the divisional round. I just. I feel like that's when the playoffs officially start. Yeah, that first round was kind of horrible, and I'm yes. really mad they added the additional people to that. But yes. um, you're right. Like from from here on out, like the games have been good. They've been competitive. These are the best teams in football. They're playing now. Um, I like the back and forth. You you really don't know when the game is going to be decided. Like this is this is playoff football. From this ah. Yeah, I mean, there was a, there was a moment at like for, we can talk about this game uh, going into halftime. The ain't the, no the, way. The Chiefs yeah. had a, a chance to get a field goal to go up three points going into half, and a dude missed it. And it's just like, yeah, yeah, that's Jesus. God damn! You can't, you oh, can't let that happen. Oh my gosh! You can't let that happen, man. That dude is nasty. How how? How are you that fast on a field full of professional athletes? How are you that much faster than everybody? And got held. <laughs> how is that possible? I don't understand how he's that fast. Like, how? And, and, oh Actually, no, there's still time. There's still time. Josh Allen's still, he's still out here. Hey, I like how, I like their coach's attitude. They might have scored too quick. They got three timeouts. Oh, they didn't call a penalty for the peace sign? I respect it. Hey, they held him too. Yeah, not nah, that's yeah, and tw- like he, they had an angle on him too. Like twenty three had the angle on him, and he still missed him. He just outran the angle. God, wait. 
I, I've seen some of his uh, workouts on YouTube. He definitely puts in work. Oh, yeah, you got to be to be that fast. To outrun an angle that a safety has on you? Like, the safeties are one of the faster people on the field, and he just outran that angle. Yeah, there's no reason he should have scored on that play. Zero reason. Well, like I said, it's it's good he scored kind of quick, you know. Two touchdowns in the last – this has been a great weekend. Like, yeah, last game with the – the game with the – with Tampa and the Rams was great just due to like negligence from both teams, just like not trying to win or lose, like not trying to win the game or trying to lose the game. But this one's actually good because this has kind of been a chess match, a defensive struggle until like late in the game where there's been apparently an offensive explosion. So I like it. Hold on. It should be. Hold on one second. This is definitely a game. Oh my goodness! I feel like this is the uh, AFC Championship game. Like I feel like whoever wins this game is going to go to the Super Bowl, just because, like the Bengals' O line is just not, not good. They're going to get that guy killed. And like I said, I think the Bengals have uh, they've uh, jump started their timeline by uh, getting a. Uh, wide receiver instead of building an offensive line. But I don't think it's a problem. Like, But this coming offseason, like, their first two draft picks need to be offensive linemen. Yeah, right. they got to get some linemen. I mean, nine sacks. I understand Tennessee has a – they have a pretty good pass rush now. But, yeah, if they match up against Buffalo, they'll get killed. I mean, but he's been getting sacked all year. And you don't – and as a, as a Colts fan, I don't want Bengals fans to have to go through what I went through where it's just like you have a franchise quarterback. You have – you know, an elite, you have elite offensive weapons um, that he could throw to, but you he just needs time. Like, if you give Joe Burrow time in the pocket and you give Jamar Chase four seconds to get open as opposed to two, that Bengals team could be a championship roster within three years. But you yeah, have to, like, you, you, they've already figured out, like, we, okay, we got our quarterback, we got our wide receiver core, oh, we got shit. our quarterback. <laughs> Uh, you know, maybe fix that defense and build up that line, and you're good to go. Like, you can fix your offensive line in one draft. It doesn't take much. Yeah, you got a little money. And they do have money on the free agency side, too, so they can grab. There's a lot of offensive linemen that are free agents. And, see, this is one thing that I've seen a lot of people saying, oh, well, the nine sacks, that's why they should have took Pene Sewell. Well, look, Pene Sewell didn't make any difference at all for the Lions. Um, They won three games. You know, Jamar chases in the playoffs. So that whole thing, it doesn't even make sense. Like, if you have premier players, you can get linemen. Linemen can be coached up. Um, you can get them all over the draft. Kansas City, one of their guys that's a starter is a six-round pick. Like, if yeah, you have yeah. good draft, like, people that make your draft decisions, scouts, things like that, you can find O-linemen. You, it's hard to find premier talent at premier positions. And, and Jamar Chase – if we didn't get Trevor Lawrence, I would have loved to have Jamar Chase at the number one overall pick because he was that special. This Davis dude is is just unstoppable. I don't even know who this nigga is. God, like, the Chiefs have five new offensive linemen, like on their on their line. Their line was so depleted last year, so it, it can be done. Hopefully, the Falcons can 
maybe uh, pull a page of that book because we may need three new offensive linemen next year. So. Yeah, the Colts did that, that same thing. Like, uh, Andrew Luck went from being the most sacked quarterback to being the least sacked quarterback in, like, one year. And it, it only took, uh, like, one one or two picks in, the, in a draft. Like, they found Quentin Nelson. They got Braden Smith. They made some moves in free agency, and they fixed that offensive line in one season. And I I would prefer to do it that way, to like, all right, let's fix this offensive line and then build the rep- weapons around them. But when you have a situation like with Joe Burrow where it's like, hey, I played with Jamar Chase in college, like that connection, is it's already there. Like the plays we ran at LSU, the money plays that we had there, we can just bring that over here. So. I think that was a that's a different situation that that makes sense to me. Like I can, as a Bengals fan, I would have liked to have gotten uh, Penesul first, but if I'm you know Joe, uh, Joe Burrow and I can get the receiver I played with in college, yeah, go ahead and do that. All right, so we have our our, our guest, frequent uh, listener, one of our, our guys on Twitter. I got a brand new All right, yeah, so, what's going on, y'all? Chilling, chilling. So we kind of wanted to get into a discussion that we had in our group chat regarding uh, DMX. Because there was a tweet that came out. You might have saw it about uh, has DMX had like a, th- a good three album run. And we have two very – oh, my God. Sorry. Josh Allen. This game is wild right now. So I'll Josh Allen is that Bruh, why are you yeah. so far ahead of us, man? What kind of internet you got, man? Who, me? Dog, this is- Nah, me. This, this Bro, who is Davis? God. Yo, man. Gabriel Davis. Yo, oh, shit. Oh, oh. <laughs> Yo, what the fuck? Bro, this is a wild game. Oh, my goodness. Wow. Jeez. Yo, it's a wrap. Yo, we got a. Yo, who, who's smoking that KC pack? Hey, that pack is going up, baby. <laughs> the people ain't going to be at my door tonight. Let's go. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> Oh man, and this and this is and this is why I picked the Bills because now if they play the Bengals, they're gonna run through that offense line. They are fucking terrible, dog. They are Swiss they cheese, fresh. Let's go, Bengals. Let's go. This is good. This is good. I'm waiting for this Bills Niners Super Bowl. That's all I want. Ah, uh, no, I need Bills Rams. I need Bills Rams. Nah, I don't, I don't, I don't, so, we don't do Rams here. So we I guess we'll get back to sports. Right. We can't do that. The only reason, and the only reason I would pick against San Francisco, is because I don't trust Jimmy Garoppolo. Like they both have pretty good defenses, but if it comes down to somebody making a throw downfield and completing it when you need it, I'm like Stafford was sharp until like all the wild shit started to happen. Like he was, he came out the gates extremely sharp, like pretty confident in his throws. You got Odell Beckham Jr., Cooper Cut, the fucking white god out there devouring people alive, like. I, I have to go with them. I know Shanahan's a genius. I know the defense is great, but like Garoppolo pretty much should have lost in that game at least two or three times. We shouldn't be in the playoffs if Garoppolo, if the game relied on him. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And, well, I mean, once Lance starts playing, then that's going to be. That's going to be my fun. dark. But we got we got Debo. He out here acting up. So. Yeah, that might be my my Super Bowl dark horse next year. Uh, since I'm now a degenerate gambler. Uh, as you could probably tell, who I'm really for in this game if you've listened to the podcast. But, uh, yeah, buddy. So let's, let's go to this DMX conversation because uh, shout out to uh, Michael Pratt. Uh, he stole a tweet directly out of my um, group chat 
which I even recorded a video for my Instagram. Definitely follow me on there uh, at South Three Seven Zero Six. And my question was, and his question was, does Nas have a, does Jay Z have a better three one three run album than Nas is currently have? And I said, absolutely, if you can't watch the throne. So that kind of spurred more conversations, and somehow we got to DMX. So Tech does not think DMX has a, a good three-album run. I didn't say he doesn't have a good three-album run. I said he doesn't have a classic. I'm putting words in your mouth, but explain your take. <laughs> I just, I mean, if you're going to go with DMX, it, it's going to have to be the first three albums. And even when I was coming up, because I came up in that era, I never thought the first album was a classic. I thought it was a great album. The second album, I thought it had great songs. It was a good album. The third album, I thought it was a good album. I thought it was a great three-run. I didn't think DMX had a classic. And I mean, I know that's disrespected. God, God rest the dead. Uh, but I just didn't, I don't know, the beats from Swiss Beats, they don't age well. I didn't necessarily like them then. Uh, some of the songs I did like back then, I don't like now. I counted seven songs that I don't really mess with like that. So I mean, it's just my opinion, but I don't. I don't think DMX has a classic album. Like I think he has one of the best runs that we'll ever see. But a classic album is real tough to come by. That's my thoughts. Yeah, D DMX definitely has. Oh Lord, uh, DMX definitely has a good to great album run. Uh, I I'd like to listen to these albums like again, like run them back all the way through again. But like when I, if just looking at the the, the names of the songs and of the uh, the albums, I'd probably say uh, Flesh of My Flesh, Blood of My Blood, the second album is probably the best one out of the first three. Cause like, if we're talking about great three album run for DMX, it's gonna be out of those first three albums. Like everything else isn't really hidden. But uh, I don't, so, the second album doesn't really have the singles, like the high end singles that the uh, the other albums had. But I feel like Slippin' is where he kind of like found who he is as an artist and as a rapper and kind of who he wants to be. Like, I feel like if he would have stayed more so in that area and uh, maybe explored that side of him a little bit more, and maybe you know, I don't I don't want to say he was chasing radio hits because the stuff he was playing like damn near half the verses were edited out for explicit content. So it's it, it's tough. It's, it's tough to come across a classic album and to say uh, a legendary artist such as DMX doesn't have one is is honestly the type of standard that everybody should have when it comes to listening to music and discussing music. Like, I love DMX. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I grew up on DMX. I I, I was a, a kid listening to his stuff. I loved it. I loved, I loved the way he changed the sound of rap and what he was rapping about and how he was so different from everybody else. But we got to have a standard, you know what I'm saying? And it's just like, you can love an artist, but that doesn't mean that they got a classic, you know, but it is no disrespect to that artist either. So that's kind of where I'm at with that. What? How do you let him be that wide open in that situation? Oh gosh, this, I'm never going to sleep. That's, that's where we're at here. Um, I wow. All right, well, Kelsey's going to do Kelsey things. <laughs> you can't let him do Kelsey things at that time. I agree. Like, that's the one guy. All right, sorry. I, I agree. No. Um, the the big thing with DMX is 
them first two were like hitting, hitting. To have a three album, eh, I'm still, I can see why people don't want it. Like people don't say he does. Because it's not like a solidified, it's either a good, good or a great, good, okay, but you're not going to get a, I'm not going to sit here and say he got three classics on him, like a three album run like that. I think more New Yorkers would probably say that Flesh of My Flesh, Blood of My Blood is a classic. But oh, yeah. I'm, I'm from New York and I agree. So, <laughs> fair enough. But yeah, oh, yeah no, no. Just, just looking at the track listing, yeah, you're right. There's really not the same like overt hits or big hits on this song. I feel like movie. if you combine the best from Flesh of My Flesh and put it on It's Dark as Hell, uh, it's, it's Dark and Hell is High, you have a certified classic. And, and maybe that was a mistake of his for dropping two in one year because I, I do agree with Marcus. Like, to me, Flesh of My Flesh is the better album. It's Dark and Hell is Hot has more radio hits. So it, it just makes it tough, but... Um, that third album, and then there was X. Like I was super hyped for that album, and I just remember at the time because I ordered that from. It's not a. It's it was some music catalog you get where you check off all the CDs you want, and I checked it off, and I was so excited to get this CD in the mail. This is how you know I'm old school. Right? I was getting this CD in the mail. I was so hyped. Put it in my only Walkman. Then in Columbia House joints. Yeah, yeah, that's what it was, Columbia House. <laughs> I put it in there and I was like, dang, this is not better than the last one or the one before that. It's a bit of a letdown. And then from there, you're definitely not going to put Grand Champ and the Great Depression in his three-album run. Like I said, if you want it, because I've heard some people years and years ago that said, hey, he dropped two classics in one year. I, I just, I don't know. I don't know if he has a classic. I know he has Great albums. I know he had a great run. I know he has great songs. That that's my only point. No disrespect to Dito. Well, I feel like, and then there was X would be the album that I would look to. That was like, all right, he's he's going for the radio hits. He's going for the the number one record, the top song. Like you got when you have uh, uh, party up and what's my name and what these bitches want. Like those are radio hits. Like those are radio radio ready records where it's just like, hey. You know, we need to to get this money and get these album sales up. You know what I'm saying? Like, I I feel like out of all all of those three albums, like that was the album that was just like, hey, I'm I'm not saying we're crossing over because you know what these bitches want is not a crossover hit. It was just it just happened to be a hit. It just happened to blow up. But I think I it was because you got to remember he had Cisco, and at the time Cisco was on fire when he had him. So that was I'm talking yeah. about like crossover hit to where it's just like. I don't think they expected that song to be a crossover hit the way uh, uh, "Party Up" and "What's My Name" was. Like those were kind of those crossed over towards just like you're see, you're hearing those songs in commercials and on TV shows and in movies. But you know what's what these bitches want is more like it was more like a, of a B side hit that kind of just happened to blow up. Um, but I'm 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 kind of racking my brain right now, and, and I'm not sure if I want to say this because I'm I, I feel like I need more time to let this thought bubble up and let it like kind of simmer and try to get it together. But I feel like, I feel like Drake and DMX are kind of in that same boat where it's like, 
they're single like they make these singles that are just up there like they're just amazing like number one type hits that are just doing ridiculous numbers but their albums just don't really reach that uh level of elevation i guess as they're like because if we're going off of what tech is saying dmx doesn't have any classic albums drake doesn't have any classic albums but if you go by their hits if you take all their best songs all their hits and make it into like a compilation album it's probably a classic it's the same for drake and dmx i don't want to i don't want to put this like as a an official take by me this is just me brainstorming and talking out loud so don't hold me to this please <laughs> i think that's fair Drake is a modern day TMX. <laughs> hold on, hold on. Y'all like y'all y'all know how I feel about uh about Drake sometimes. But I'm y'all already know. Like I, I think he has at least without so far gone, I think he has two classics. I don't think he'll ever have another one. Absolutely not. I think he has two. <laughs> what what are we gonna, we, we can argue it not right now, but yeah, we'll say that for another day. But the closest he had was if you read this, you're too late, and then that's that's about it. Like the then, first five then, tracks of that were were excellent, then it kind of degenerated. Then so I kind of then I then I'd have to say he has three. Oh wow! Like uh, wow. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, my it's bad. and and I I feel like we have to change the we have to set like a, a rating system or something, how many tracks on an album get you a good album, a great album, and a classic album? Because I feel like on, on the classic level, it needs to be north of at least 75% to 80% of your tracks should be banging. Well, that's a, it, yeah, we need to do that episode. I thought about I just haven't sat down and like really made all of my specifications. That's tough, though, because, you know, like... um. And like I know you talked about it like at one point, like Daytona was only what seven tracks, eight tracks? Seven songs. Yeah, and he he gave us twenty-one minutes or so of better music than a lot of artists. And I, I think Daytona's a classic. It might push got two. Yeah, a lot of people say it's a classic. It's 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 great. It's definitely a great, even though it's short, which I am. I love short albums. Give me, give me all the thirty minute, thirty minutes or less albums. I'll take them all. Agree. Well, I, I, for, I, I think for me, I don't think you can have a. Uh, I feel like you can't have a bad song on a classic album, um, and I'm not sure. Damn, I can't say that. I got to take that take back. I'm not to. I'm not to walk that take back because. Uh, when I was doing the uh, research for the uh, three great album runs, uh, I started with uh, Graduation, and I think uh, Drunken Hot Girls is a bad song, so I'm not yeah. <laughs> Drunken Hot Girls sucks. Yeah, so it's like can, it's bad, but I can tolerate it. But it's, it's, it's not that bad. should be a classic with that song on there, and I and a lot of people call it a classic, but it's like if by that standard, if it's like Hey, if you have a, I'm not saying if you have a song that's skippable because there's certain songs like you just don't like or and that you do like, and that's all subjective. But it, like if the song is like objectively bad, where it's just like, hey, this sounds bad or you didn't do a great job, like 
is this still a classic? You're like, damn, I gotta, I'm gonna have to rethink my list now. See, I liked uh, what you called on that song though. Like, I didn't like that song at all. Like, it's I, one of my least favorite Kanye songs, but uh, most episodes on that. <laughs> like, other than that, album. oh yeah, that that's the thing. Is that, that album is so crazy that yeah, it's kinda... thing, when when I was doing this three great album runs, I wasn't like on my list. There, some of these people have classics, but there, it's not. I wasn't viewing this list as. Uh, three straight classics in a row. Because if we're doing that, then my list goes from, I have like about, I think 10 artists on here. And if it's like, all right, who dropped three classics back to back to back, then my list goes from like 10 to like two. Because dropping three classics in a row is damn near impossible. Like it's just, it's just gonna be Kanye, Outkast, maybe Kendrick and Dr. Dre, like that's it. Like no one has dropped. Who? Well, yeah, classics. Nah, that's true. Yeah, we're talking three classics. Like I wasn't doing that. I was just going great album runs. We're just like yeah, that's what I was doing. Just great albums. So if you're going by that standard, I got a lot of artists on there for that. Because even you know Ti, the person that originally said it, he doesn't have three. He doesn't. He doesn't have three classics. Period. Um, He has. Yes, he has two. Yeah. I mean, I know a lot of people. Uh, a lot of people rate trap music as a classic. I think it was a great album. I don't. It's a couple songs I just don't listen to on that. Um, Urban Legend, that to me was a classic. It does have some skippable songs, and then King. I could I could ride King straight through and call that a classic. Um, but yeah, I, like even with Kanye, like I'm looking at. My, my my beautiful uh, my beautiful twisted dark fantasy if I said that right there there's not a there's not a song on here I skip through I mean sometimes due to mood I may not listen to Monster everything else I, I'll I'll just let it play through like it's greatest album greatest movie I'm I'm sorry not greatest album it's one of the greatest albums of all time damn like just period and that's to me that's when that's you get Oh, what's the hip hop? Sorry. South Korea's about to go into hiding. That's why you ain't talking yeah, about it. Yeah, man. It's <laughs> <crazy>. <laughs> Holy <laughs> shit. This hey, game. The GOAT. <laughs> the GOAT. Look at my quarterback. All hey, right. Man, he got, he Look at my chance, quarterback. Though. He didn't even get a chance, though. That's, it is what it is. He was balling the whole game. Yeah, that, no, that, this, is a, this is a good game, though. Okay. Okay. So, right now, if you're a Bills fan, was this a successful season? Yes. Absolutely. Like, like you can't uh, look at you can't look at how the season ended and say like oh, this season was a failure. No, you can't. You can't. Don't get me wrong. Like being up here, New York's gonna be quiet. But nah, you can't look at this as a failure at all. They they played their hearts out. They played to the end. Like and this game could have went either way. So good for them. Good for the Bills. Like let's go Niners, no matter what. But relax. <laughs> Bill's got a Bill's got a bright future. I feel like Josh Allen has turned the corner from making problematic decisions from being that guy. Like he's definitely that guy, you know. <clears throat> but I mean, shout out to the Chiefs for doing it without a uh, Tyron Matthew. You got hurt essentially like in the first quarter. So that injury was nasty too. So now I don't know, man. I don't know. You might want to, you might want to hang up the betting thing because it's only going to get worse from here. Like you're already hooked in game. 
But okay, so I don't know if we're I don't know if we're gonna go like deep into the the three great album runs. I can I can just name the ones that I wrote down that I had prepared. Or do we wanna say Yeah, that? go ahead. All right, so this isn't this isn't in any order. I got uh Kanye with graduation, 808s, and my beautiful dark twisted fantasy. At minimum, there's two classics right there. Uh, I got Outkast, AT Aliens, Equimini, and Stakeonia. At minimum, there's two classics in there. I got Ludacris, Back for the First Time, Word of Mouth, Chicken and Beer. Uh, I think at least there's one classic in there. TI, Urban Legend, Trap Music, I'm Serious. There's one in there. Uh, I got Nas, King's Disease 1, 2, and Magic. Uh, Kendrick, Section 80, Good Kid, Mad City, The Pimper Butterfly. Uh, Rick Ross, Triller, Deeper Than Rap, Teflon, uh, Tyler the Creator, Flower Boy, Igor, Call Me If You Get Lost, Dr. Dre with Chronic, 2001, Compton. Uh, I have to go back and look at the game because he I, he does have one. I have, I just have to – he has like a six-album run where it's just like, okay, he was just in another planet. Uh, Eminem, Slim Shady, Marshall Math- Mathers, LP, and the Eminem Show – and Lil Wayne with the Carters one through three. And the ones that were questionable that I was, that I'm, I'm not sure. I'm not saying it's a no, but I wasn't able to like solidify my, my opinion on it. Uh, Ice Cube was, I was on the fence with that one. Uh, Jay-Z, I'm still on the fence with that. And DMX, I'm still on the fence with him. But I'm, I'm still kind of going through it like, the way I did it while well, I was like, I was just like, all right, well, let me think of all the artists that have dropped the classic album and then go from there. So this was a lot harder than I thought it would be. I, I got my list ready, but I don't have the albums listed. Um, so I got Yay. Um, his would be the run from graduation to my twist, my beautiful twisted dark t- fantasies. Um, with the 808s in the middle of that, um, even though that's controversial, 808s is from top to bottom. Uh, uh, it's a great album. It could be a classic depending on who's who. But the one thing that I invite the younger generation to look into is your Travis Scott's, your Young Thugs, and, and all these new artists that have taken what Kanye had given you with that sound and ran with it. He was the godfather of that. So I definitely got him on the list. Um, I got Ross. Ross, I went from Trilla to Teflon Don. Um, and in the middle was Deeper Than Rap. I got Kendrick uh, with his three solo joints. Um, so it doesn't have Section 80. i give it to Eminem. I didn't necessarily care for Eminem's show like that. I mean, it, it has a lot of good solo stuff, but, you know, he, he did his thing. He has t- arguably two classics, definitely one surefire classic within that. Um, I got game. My game starts at documentary. I go with Doctor's Advocate. I think it's it was a really West Coast sound, but it's super underrated. It's a great album. The third one would be LAX. I think you went from LAX, Red Album, and it was another one I seen on your list. Um, I got Luda first three. I got Ti the um from trap music to King, 
first three for Ludacris, that's a stretch. You don't think his first three were a great run? Oh, uh, let me stand by. They got chicken and beer. You got um, word of mouth. Word of mouth, and you got back, back for the first time. I'm not including oh. the Negro, but back for the first time. I felt like that was a great run. Um, for Kendrick on that list, honestly. Yeah, just, just just off of what you said, I think two weeks ago about uh, to pimp a butterfly. I didn't think you would put him on here. Yeah, I mean, the more and more I go back and listen to it, like I said, I feel like that was an album that was just really hard for me to listen to at the time. But now that I grow older, I can appreciate the album a little bit more. So it, it was a great album. And, you know, he, he did his thing. It's some songs I still listen to on it. It's just, you know, it, it was very hard. Like, I'm, I'm a true Southerner, so I like to listen to music I could put in there. You know, I got my JBLs, and I, I want to hear the boom. I want to hear the good music, the good vibes. And that wasn't it at the time. But as I transitioned, uh, you know, just being at home on my headphones or putting on the JBL in the house and just kind of, you know, letting it run. Like, it's, it's a good album. It has good content. It's definitely something different. So I appreciate the album years later. Um, after that, I got I got Jay-Z, but it's like it's hard with Jay-Z because. You're not going to find three in a row. Three in a row for him, I don't think. I, don't I did think. with Watch the Throne. That's the only way I was able to do it because with Jay-Z, he'll drop two and then it'll be one that's like, wow, this is probably his worst album. It'll be and, like three or like uh, Kingdom Come in there. You're just like, damn it, Jay. Like, yeah, or Magna Carta, Holy Grail. Like he just, I don't know what goes on, but. Uh, hold on. Go no ahead. Magna Carta Slim. No, no. Yeah, that, that was not a good album. I, I love it wasn't was bad. It was, it was what we would call, without being derogatory, it was mid-tier. It has some songs that pop for the time, but it just wasn't as good. And to me, it tried to be kind of like what Blueprint 3 was, where it was really mainstream. But Blueprint 3, low-key, I went back and listened to it like maybe about a month ago. And I was like, dang, this this album had a lot of bops on it. Like, yes, it if somebody wanted to yeah. sing classic, I wouldn't argue because I could ride that straight through. The only song yeah. I don't like is Empire State of Mind. Yeah, and I don't know why. Maybe because I'm not from but you know, um, that song only that, popped up here for a little bit. <laughs> yeah, I feel like New Yorkers hate that song. No, we hate it. Yeah, I, I didn't care for if, it. If you much. listen, if you listen to Blueprint Three, that's like Jay's worst attempt at making like a commercial album. Like every, I, I listened to it, and I was I, while I was listening to it, I was thinking to myself like, are all these songs made for radio? Because they all sound like they could be played on the radio, and that's kind of. I don't know if that was his mindset or his mindset where he's just like, hey, every song that I make is going to be a song that can be played on the radio or it could be a single outside of the very first song, what we talked about, like that. That's just an intro song, like I get it. But if you look through this track list and I tell you like, hey, which one of these are the singles? You can make an argument for every song on here. Yeah, he could have did it. Like it, it's, it was... I don't want to say it was ridiculous, but it was just like it was surprising to see that from an artist of uh, Jay-Z's caliber was just like, you know, you don't have to chase these radio friendly songs. You don't have to chase singles, like especially for Blueprint 3. Like at that point, you've already established who you are as an artist. Like you've established like, hey, I'm a great storyteller. I'm a great bar for bar guy. I'm a, a lyricist, all that stuff. I can make hits, but I don't need hits to to make classic albums like you've. 
you had classics under your belt and you're going out here with this one like i don't know it's not bad but it's just like that this isn't who you are as a as an artist i guess and then i saw somebody online like they were like talking bad about american gangsta and to me that's arguably one of his like best pieces of work to me. That's another one that's like Easy. I could top the bottom. It was it was a great album. Like it, it was a theme album. He went in there, he understood the assignment, as they say, and I felt like that was a good one. Um, so that's included in my in my Jay-Z run as well. I have Outcast, same three as Marcus. I have Tupac in there from uh Me Against the World and Machiavelli. Um, I felt like Me Against the World, it's a different Tupac from the Tupac with Death Row, but it, it's actually a really good album. Like it, it's, it was a little hard to listen to at the time. It has some certified classic songs from him, and it's a well-put-together album as well. And then Machiavelli is Machiavelli, and All Eyes on Me, to me, is one of the greatest albums of all time. Um, I have Nas with his back three that just came out. I have Mystical with his first three, just because I'm a Southerner and I liked it. You can make an argument for Wayne, too, from the Carter 1 to the Carter 3, as hard as I am on the Carter 3. Just the stuff that he was doing and the run that he had throughout those three. And the three albums are three completely different beasts. And I did go back and kind of listen to them. And I, I could say, even though I think Carter 3 is the worst of those three, that was a great run for him. I have UGK with uh, from tight to life all the way to riding dirty. Um, and now this one, it's, it's going to be really controversial, but I feel like this person, even though the third album was lacking, I got to give it to 50, man. 50 came in the game. Get Rich About Trying was a classic. Massacre was a bit of a letdown. He had the run with G-Unit. You're on the songs of game. Then he dropped that third album and I just felt like he had a pretty good three album run on it really four albums but um so I, I dropped 50 as my last person you know that that's my list of, of the people that I feel like had a good three album run I, I looked into Scarface because I know he has two five mic candidates but there's like an album in between it and then there's a bunch of albums I haven't heard so I have to like listen to kind of see um, and it was some other artists too that I looked into that I was like, okay, well, do they have this type of run? But and did I say Jeezy? I don't think I did. But no, Jeezy had a. Either. I'm sorry. I didn't say Jeezy either. I, I I didn't get to him. Maybe I should. He might have. He might be on that list too. Maybe. Yeah, I, I like Jeezy. I like the the first, the second, and I like the recession. So I, I threw him on there too. Like the second album isn't as good as the first album, and it isn't as good as recession. But I could still vibe with that. It, it's only like one or two skippable tracks. I'm not just saying that he dropped nothing but classics, but that was a nice three album run. He had his time as the man. So those are my, um, all, all of mine that had great three album runs. And I did look in the ice cube too. And I don't know, like on, I want to say predator was, was like included in one of mine. And there was like a lot of tracks that I just didn't really listen to like that. It was either that or death certificate. But um, he had a good two-album run. Then he had an album that was kind of mid-ish, and then he had, like, another great album. So I didn't throw Ice Cube in there. Yeah, that's, that certificate is definitely a, a classic album. That's where I started from with him. But I, the first one was pretty good. I just I just didn't have enough time to get through his whole uh, discography. But, yeah, he, he should be mentioned. 
Wow. Yeah, I listened to I listened to his discography back a while back ago. I don't remember anything being horrible. I do remember some highlights. I know just briefly side note, you tweeted about Snoop. I got through most of his. I don't I, I would say Snoop falls into the games category. Like I don't think Snoop has a bad album at all. Up until like now, he's still putting out great music. It's just nobody really listens to it. But even if he's putting out like 2021, 2022 is still great. And shout out to Snoop for never, like your favorite rapper, having to chase the new styles and new flows. Like Snoop has always been Snoop. Snoop is going to rap how he raps, and that's just what he does. And it's still successful. So shout out to Snoop. Snoop is a man. Snoop is a legend. <laughs> I tried to include Snoop, but Dogfather was such a letdown from the first album, uh, Doggy Style. So, and I feel like you needed that one. And I think after that was the No Limit stuff. And that was, those were good albums too. But that Dogfather, like Vapors, was a terrible single. Um, it's a decent song, but it, it, it didn't hit on shit. Um, I do like Snoop's Upside Your Head on that album, but what the fuck is that? Yeah, I, I tried to get Snoop on there. Like I and I'm gonna go back and try to maybe add him on there. But I feel like if I go from Rhythm and Gangster, the Blue Carpet Treatment, and Ego Tripping, like that that might be it. But I I gotta go back and re-listen to to those three. And obviously, uh, like Doggy Style is certified like undeniable classic. But I can't. I, the Dog Father just didn't do it for me. I'm about to go back and run that back but anywho as we as we wrap up as we have a native new yorker one one thing that we want to do and we'll probably have to do this another day maybe have you come on and do this depending on how you where you stand with uh najir jones but uh so far for me nas has the album of the year um with magic uh what, it technically came out at the end of 2021 but we're still counting it because it was so late in the year um, so right now for me it's the album of the year. Only real albums have dropped been him and Gunna. And Gunna's album's not bad, but <laughs> it's not it's not great either. But it's not But it, yeah, it's so, it's one of those things where going from Nas to Gunner, it's like it's it's not even fair to even judge those two in the same play. But yeah, right now Nas album of the year until further notice for me. It, if you're not P, just say that. Like it's it's cool. <laughs> uh, I never see. I never see. It's crazy too, because like when I listened to the album twice, and like that song, it it didn't like. I didn't really question it because like these rappers be saying all kinds of crazy shit all the time. It didn't register to me like that this was a thing, and then it was a thing on social media. And I was just like, all right, I guess I guess P is a thing. But this, felt, this one felt forced. Like I've never seen so many uh, business. Uh, Twitter accounts and social media accounts gravitate to this P thing so quickly. Like it happened like overnight. This happened. You see like IHOP doing it, Denny's, like everybody's pushing P and just like, okay. Like, Yo, and they have no idea what it means. It could be like the worst thing in the world. You know what I'm saying? It could be like, oh, I support child slavery, but I'm pushing P. All right. Bet. Get them place, like that advertisement. Like, I don't, I still don't know what it means. Like, no, there's a video. A video of Gunna talking and trying to explain it to Future, or no, to Young Thug. He's explaining it to him, and the way he explained it to him sounds fucking stupid. Like you sound like an idiot, dog. <laughs> like he's like, well, you know, like if you got a if you got a, a a nice jacket on 
and you know I'm digging it. I'm like, hey, though, that's Pete. But like, if I'm with a girl and I'm not really feeling her, you know what I'm saying? That ain't Pete. Like, <laughs> bro, like what? Are you serious? You Terrible. Like this is and, and maybe this is me just being old. Like I just found out I'm 35. I thought I was 34. Apparently I'm 35, so I'm old as fuck out here. So I'm about maybe, to be 35, so I feel you. Yeah, so, so maybe it's just me in my old age where I'm just like, hey, these kids and their slang is just like it's it's not hitting for me. But this is one of the worst, like forced types of slangs that I have ever heard in my life. This is terrible. I'm I'm keeping it pee. Like if you actually this isn't the first time that you've heard of someone using this in a song. Like there's a there's a song uh, Wiz Khalifa put out an album last year, and he has Larry June June on it, and he says he's doing something. He's pushing P or whatever. He like he said it last year, so it's not even original. It just didn't blow up the way that it, it blew up for Gunner. So you know i mean but that's hip hop like things get you know people bite people's styles and all that stuff but shout out to Larry June you know keeping the fresh juices around him as always driving a nice yes. whip keeping things pee <laughs> like yeah. even that that's sort of stupid man I tried, man <laughs> numbers <laughs> i got to i got to agree with you though uh not on the P oh thing, like that God. thing is that's when when the P wears off is <laughs> I'm sorry. Like yeah, I can't P even is take already that done. Serious. P is done. It's already done. Like nobody They got a week left of that. Um as far as Nas though, I agree. Uh he is rapping at a very, very high level. Um well, we talked about this, like it's better than the last run of Jay Z. Uh, and that's, he, that's a that's another conversation for another day. I, that's debatable. So I went back and listened to 444. Um, let's see, it was 444, Magna Carta, Holy Grail, and I'm counting. Um, that was before that. Watchtower, I think. Watchtower. It's yeah. I don't. I don't think it is. Um, I didn't mean to cut you off, but I went back and listened to uh, Hip- uh, King's Disease One and Two. Uh, King's Disease one, it didn't really hit with me. Two, it got better. Magic is excellent, and if this is the trajectory that it's going, then yes, I could see that. Like King's King's Disease three, if it's better than Magic, then that's going to be out of me. But yeah, King's Disease one didn't really do it for me. It's, it was kind of I don't know. I'm about to run it back, but Magic though, Magic Magic is it. But Magic is also like 30 minutes, so that that plays into my hand of liking it more. Quickly. Yeah, like and like like we said um a little bit ago, like sometimes like doing less with more is just nuts, like but uh I didn't really like King's Disease too, but I still think it was better. <laughs> like it's it was not bad by any means. Um but magic is I woke up early that morning, got ready for that one, and was not disappointed. So he got straight to the business. Yeah, like, like yeah. straight to it. Like when you uh, speechless, and then meet Joe Black coming right after that. Like he gets right to it, where it's just like, "Hey, this is like I I am not I'm Nas. Like I'm an all timer." And I, I tweeted this earlier. Like when we talk about uh, rappers, you know, rapping at a high level post, you know, forty five pushing fifty. Like, Jay-Z is not the rapper we should be bringing up in that conversation. It should be Nas. He should be the guy where we're like, hey, 
you can be 45 years old and still drop a classic album because that's what Nas has done. Jay-Z hasn't done that. Well, like Nas, Nas is the one that's putting out better records, better albums, and uh, doing better projects at his uh, more advanced age. Like he's he's 48 and Jay-Z's, I think. Damn. I think, yeah, Jay-Z's like 52 or 50. Um, 52. Um, Forty-nine, here's here's how I stand on that argument. I guess um, the difference between the two is Nas is still rapping like it's relatable. Hove raps like he he talking down on us. He's like, oh, I bought a I bought a gallery of NFTs, knowing that we all got twenty dollars to our name. Like niggas, like come on. I don't want you in your cartoons. Like he's like. Like he's he's rapping like a he's rapping like a billionaire, which he yeah. is like like more yeah. more powerful. But I I understand what you're saying. He's rapping as if like, hey, I've reached this elite status to where you can't even you don't even know what I'm talking about. Like why when he sometimes when he spits a verse, you have to Google the things that he's talking about to be like, what is that? Like yeah. why is that? you're just like, oh, that's what that is. Like that's so, to to beautiful. be fair. I had this conversation the other day with the relatability. Um, with the guy that's a huge Pusher T fan, and I'm like, I guess to start out with, I was like, yo, Jay-Z's been richer, been rich longer than most of us have been alive, which is insane. But he's been talking like that forever. Like, he's been talking about, you know, high art and driving bitlies and going on fancy trips and tricking on women for a long time. And you can't sit here and say, like, oh, he's not relatable, while your favorite rapper is Pusher T, who raps about selling cocaine all the time. You know what I'm saying? Like, well, I guess it's easier if, if when you look at it, it's easier for us to to be able to sell cocaine than it is to push a Bentley. No, because you can just cocaine. text your boy and be like, "Yo, I need some coke," and they'll be like, "All right, I got you." Allegedly, allegedly, yeah, allegedly, or yeah, allegedly, allegedly, you could do that. And, so, and I, oh, go ahead, go ahead. Sorry, um, I was just gonna say like the access to that kind of thing makes it a little bit different. So it's like, yeah, they, he like. Push is still talking very high level things that we would never be able to really, really do. But Hove is like the the I, I guess I'll use this the Jeff Bezos of it. He's way, way up there to, to things that we want to attain and never will get to if we aren't really going for that. Yeah. So when it comes to like the whole relatability relatability aspect of listening to to albums and determining if it's good or not that's always the the pushback i get when it comes whenever uh i'm out here being the one person defending eminem where they're just like oh he's not relatable and it's like i get that he he's rapping about the things that he like he's a, a poor white dude came from a trailer park drug addict terrible family you know awful ex-wife baby mama all that stuff like i understand that like you cannot Maybe like on the outside looking in, like you feel like you can't relate to that, but you can if you listen to the, the to the words that he is talking about and the songs that he is rapping. His story, at least at the beginning, is more relatable to you when it comes to someone being poor or someone having a drug addiction. Like those are things that are relatable. Being poor, having a you know a toxic family relationship, having being in a toxic relationship not knowing where you're going to get your next paycheck from. 
those things are relatable to everybody. Now, maybe the way that he goes about explaining it and how he deals with it might not be relatable, but the things that like Rick Ross is rapping about, the things that Jay-Z is rapping about, uh, the things that maybe even a, a rapper like Ludacris is rapping, out, rapping about, a lot of those things aren't as relatable as the stuff that Eminem is rapping about. And if you like, if you cared about relatability that much, at least for me personally, like J. Cole would be my favorite rapper because I'm a dad, I'm married, I fold clothes in my house, I drink almond milk. Like that's what I do. That J. Cole is the most relatable artist for me, for me in my life. But he is also not my favorite all-time rapper. Like it's not always about relate relatability. It's about the skills, it's about the talent, it's about the production. It's about the sequencing. It's about um, the the themes of the album, um, the storytelling, all these other things. Like relatability is important, but that can't be the one thing where you're just like, okay, he's white. I can't relate to him. Like listen to what he's saying. Listen to what he's going through, and then put that into your life. Because, like I said, being addicted to drugs, being addicted to pills, especially in this era, is still very relatable. Like. Juice World uh, passed away from a pill overdose. Like a lot of these young rappers are overdosing from these things. And he was rapping about that in like 2001. You know, a lot of these rappers have baby mama issues or relationship issues. He was dealing with that back in like 2002. Um, being poor, like everybody, most people that listen to, I don't want to say that, but there's a lot of people that can relate to struggling with money. And Eminem raps about that stuff. So this whole... Eminem isn't relatable. Like, I, I'm not buying it. I'm not buying it. I think Eminem, for the most part, is very, very relatable. Um, the issue, I guess, for me at least with him, is that we all know he is a, 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 a legend in the rap game. He's just slowly, the more he keeps rapping, the worse it gets. I don't see. Nah, I'm, you know what? And I hate. I hate being the one dude that's just out here defending <laughs> Eminem because it's, it's it. It makes me look bad. He he kind of like over like 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 yeah yeah. I know what you're about. He to say. over raps. Put it that he, way. He's putting too many words into his bars. He's doing too many syllables. He's trying to out rap everybody. And I feel like Eminem is being punished for trying to be great, for trying to push himself, for trying to do things that other people it, aren't doing and not trying to rap like and i get it there's there's a lot of times where i'm like uh like even on this corday album where i was like okay we're gonna there's an imminent feature on here so i kind of i'm like all right let me get myself crazy yeah let me get myself ready for the way that he raps and there was a there was, there was like a small section where he started doing that over rapping thing and then he kind of reeled it back in but that's not the style of, and that's not what rapping is right now like but no one is rapping the way Eminem does. And people are taking away credit from him being that type of rapper when no one else can do it. Like maybe Kendrick can do it. Maybe Nicki Minaj can do it. But there's not a lot of rappers that can rap like Eminem the way that he is rapping with the syllable count, the breath count, the, the uh, rhyme schemes, all those things that he is putting into these bars. People act like it's easy to do. Like it. it it might not sound good to listen to it in the car. That's fair. I don't listen to Eminem in the car that much either. It's not something that you want to play around the, around women. I get that. I'm not playing Eminem around women either. Like I, 
I get those arguments. But if you just sit down with your headphones and like listen to what he's saying and how he's saying it and the way he's saying things, it is impressive, none the least. Like we and now now I'm that guy. Now I'm Eminem's, you know, I got the yep. I got the cape on. I got my cape on for Eminem in public. It's ridiculous. M- Eminem and logic. Y'all, this, this is what we're doing. This is where we're at now. Hey, I didn't do that. I didn't put a cape on for logic. Even though I put some breeze on logic, I never came on here and put a cape on that man. This is where we're this is where we're at now. Twenty twenty two. I'm off to a match. God, he got some decent work, but um, I guess as as we wrap, we'll definitely do a little bit of probably do a deeper dive on magic at a different time. But yeah, uh, damn, y'all definitely put me on blast with that. But it is what it is. Nice. Um, <laughs> you got any shout outs? Hey man, shout out to shout out to Steph Curry because apparently I thought he had more buzzer beaters in his career. Apparently, he just got his first one. This yeah, we got week. like one, right? He just no, he just got one. He just got it, and I'm like, wait, what? But that just goes to show you how how great that he has been over this. Uh, what? six, seven-year run that he's been on, where in the fourth quarter, he's usually on the bench because the game's a blowout. So he's not in a lot of close games. So that's – for him to not have that many, uh, what you call it, game-winning shots is pretty impressive. So shout-out to Steph Curry, being the greatest point guard of all time. I said it. I <laughs> Fair enough. Um, okay. I I can go next real quick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um. I honestly, I want to shout y'all out for even allowing me on because y'all cool as hell. Like I like I love what y'all doing over here. So thank you, all of y'all. Um. And just keep it pushing, you know. And shout out to my 49ers. We up. Relax, man. Relax. Well, yeah. yeah. Put it this way: like, if we lose, y'all can roast me. It's good. It's good. But if we win, you gotta know another pack is going up. That Rams pack gonna go up, just like Green Bay, just like Dallas. I know that Dallas one. That Green, that which one feel better, the Green, the Green Bay one or the Dallas one? Uh, the Green Bay one, without a doubt. That was nasty. That's nasty. The, the, so. I'll give y'all a super quick story. So I was at a bar last week for that Dallas game. And um, I had a bunch of Dallas fans around me. And, like, one of my boys, and the whole time, they was on our necks. whole time. You already know what we're going to do. It's over. It's over. We out of here. Get go, go home. We started scoring. And I'm like, I'm just sitting there just quiet the whole time. Next thing you know, we busting their ass. They left. <laughs> I'm just like, I was like, y'all good? Y'all good? Y'all need anything? Next thing you know, they gone. Last night, I'm at watching the Green Bay game. Same place. Real quiet in there. Green oh, Bay. Wow. It's cold. It's nasty out of my... I was like, yeah, I don't know. I can't trust Jimmy G because I can't. He can't be trusted. And we get to the end, hit that field goal through. That bar was silent. But it felt so good because Aaron Rodgers walked his crusty ass off that cold ass field. <laughs> yeah. We had a bunch of 
everybody, everybody was up in there looking crazy. Every time they was laughing, you, you, you could see it. Like, like it felt good to just see Aaron Rodgers like walk off like angry because it's probably the last time he's gonna be in Lambo. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. Like, if, COVID, if COVID don't get him, he's gonna end up in, in playing for Denver, and that's gonna be just as bad. So, yeah, I'd want to go play inside after being in Lambo because I mean, like they they all look cold. Like, why why do that to yourself? You can, you know, fight yeah, no, I, avoid it. So, I was telling my people, I said, "Yo, it's a uh, we either going back to Cali or we're going to Florida. Like, it don't matter. It's warm for us." So. Shout out to my Niners. That pack going up no matter what. If I lose, y'all could y'all could tear me up. The quotes is gonna be nasty. <laughs> but definitely. thank y'all so much. Yeah, definitely I have to have you on when we talk some more, some more New York rap. Uh definitely wanna try to get you on to the Nods episode. Um, I'll talk any rap. I'll talk any music. I I, I got like y'all see the, the, the bullshit I spew, so it's up. <laughs> like I like, um, Let's see. Let's let me do my uh, shout out to actually. Let me put my camera on real quick since the game is over. But uh, definitely got my my book in the mail. Most dope. Check it out if you haven't got it. Shout out to Michael Pratt. Definitely was involved in this project, so I'm gonna start reading it. I didn't realize it was just out, so I'm copping. Yeah, definitely, definitely cop that if you haven't. Um, also, shout out to Instagram. If you don't follow me on there, same as my Twitter, South 706 I set a goal for 20 followers. I missed it by three, so I went from 50 to 67. So my goal for this week is to get to 80. So I'll be out there hustling and bustling. If you like sneakers, video games, podcasting, of course, definitely give me a follow. I follow back. I'm not a I'm not a snob on Instagram like some of these people. Like it's a little pet peeve, but you know what? I'm not going to go on that rant today. But shout out to you guys for. You know, holding it down over here. Um, also, uh, I think that's it. Shout out to El Chapa. Shout out to all the folks. KJ, Rev, Tribbles. Uh, probably missing some people, but you know who you are. Jay Free, hold it down. Um, but yeah, shout out to hopefully a uh, exciting week of football next week. I, like I said, I don't think I saw somebody just tweet this out now, but I don't think the Super Bowl is going to be as exciting or as entertaining as this, this slate of games. Yeah, there's no way. It's not possible. It's not possible. Like, this was probably the best football I've watched in quite some time. Like, hands down. This shit was excellent. So, but, yeah. I'm going to have to chase. I'm going to have to look at the 49ers, look at some numbers. I'm going to, you know I'm saying, pull myself out the hole. I'm going to have to pull myself out the hole or quit. One of the two. But damn it, the Bills should have won that game. They should have won that game. We playing the Rams one more time. Like, and I, I said this I earlier. I was like, yo, third time's a charm for them. And the way they're playing, I wanted to play the Bucks. I wanted to. <laughs> Again, I, I do not trust Jimmy G. However, he is injured. They were playing in bad conditions. But he, he just – it seems like he does one or two one or two things a game passing-wise to say, hey, guess what, guys? We don't want to win. Yeah, so and Debo like, we eh. trust. That's the, that's yeah. the new quarter. And Debo we trust. Yeah, I uh, we'll see. I'm about to DM you get some intel on the 49ers, but anywho, you know what? I'll shout out to Chandley, uh, because Marcus won't shout out, but shout out, shout out to Chan. I said your name all wrong, Chandler, me, Lene. Shout out to you for definitely rocking with the chat. Definitely check out the chat. Um, it's lit in here. Shout out to King Quest, per usual. Shout out to Lowski, the resident uh Rams fan. So, uh, that'll be interesting going forward. I'm gonna tear him and, up for this whole week. 
<laughs> Good. Yeah, definitely pack pack him up. He was definitely sweating today at the end of that game. But you know, but again, if I had, I, I trust Stafford. Stafford looks sharp, but, but we'll see. Anywho, the SKTSCF, 